0: Hey, hey, welcome to Fresh Meat, a freewheeling podcast highlighting talks with great minds all over the globe, from creatives to journalists, industry leaders and marketing geniuses and more. Expect shit hot advice, deep insights. Get inspired to build brand love and drive positive change. Subscribe, share and stay fresh. Hey, hey, welcome to Fresh Meat. I am your host, Jesse Bowers, creative director of the Manifest Melbourne studio. And we are proud to bring you the first episode of the year, 2022. That's right, episode number one. Our topic of discussion will be creative trends from previous to current and how they help shape the way we develop campaigns and projects. We will also dig deep into how these trends are inspired by film, fashion, arts, and cultures of the world. Whether conventional or unconventional, we will dig into different creative processes and methods towards building great work. And introducing, I'm literally peeing in my pants right now, it's an honor to bring these two legends of creatives onto the show with me. First, I'll introduce Sarah McGregor. Sarah is currently the ECD, which is executive creative director at Denzoo here in Melbourne, which is a new appointment for about two months now. Congrats. Sarah has over 20 years experience at agencies in Melbourne and in London, including agencies such as Cummings and Partners, Leo Burnett, Kamarama, Y&R, and Gray London. And here's some fresh facts about Sarah. She has a heavy copywriting background. Sarah also is the founding member of The Aunties, which is a mentoring and events program for women in the industry. And in 2019, she was rewarded the winner of both campaign and creative of the year at the B&T Women in Media Awards. That's dope. My next guest. Welcome Ed Betravece. Ed is the creative strategist and creative director specializes in purpose driven brand building. His passion lies within finding authentic, impactful positioning that drives higher purpose. Ed has worked with global brands and businesses such as Foot Locker, Lacoste, Timberland, Bavaria Beer, Tommy Hilfiger, Yamaha, Pan Mercedes-Benz, Australia Sustainability, and the Department of Justice, just to name a few. Some more fresh facts for you. Ed is also a practicing artist, a painter exhibiting here in Australia and abroad. If you was to mix his art up with uh, Picasso's cubism era with the rawness of Basquiat, Ed will be the the son of those two legends. Ed is also an amateur boxer. I Had the pleasure of uh, watching one of his fights. Could have sworn he won the fight, though, because he gave a good go for the show. You know what I mean? Everyone there at the fight thought that he won, too. Ed and Sarah... Welcome to the show, team. Before we get into any questions, let's break the ice. It's time to spill the tea. Any updates? How was your weekend? Any projects you've been working on? Sarah, you are up first. Talk to me. What you got?
1: Oh, sure. Um, it's been a bit of a crazy few weeks. I had a very exciting thing happen, which is that um, we had the launch of The Aunties, um, which is the mentoring program I helped um, set up and start at, as part of my um, committee membership of the MADC. And we had our first in r- real life event with about 157, 158 women coming along. Um, so mentors and the the ladies they've been mentoring. And it was just, it was beautiful. There was an incredible energy in the room. It was so positive and exciting. And for many of the women there. It was their first advertising event. So it was really nice to kind of introduce them to the world in such a inclusive and friendly kind of way. So that was really, really exciting. I'm still buzzing from the event. I'm still really happy about <laughs> that. That's my exciting news.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, beautiful. Can you explain a little more going in depth about uh, the MADC and, of course, the aunties? Let, let's give it a little sure. more context on that.
1: The MADC stands for Melbourne Advertising Design and Creativity and it's been around for quite a few years now um, but we've kind of recently kind of rebooted a little bit with a. Um, we changed the name from club to creativity just because we feel it's a bit more inclusive and um, it kind of reflects a bit more what we're about um, and we're all about getting together and making events happen that help everyone collude and collaborate to make better work and to celebrate great work and to kind of bolster each other up. Um, I think one of the wonderful things about Melbourne is it has such a friendly culture um, in the creative industry. Like we all are generally friends and we love to hang out together and there's, sure, there's competitiveness, but it's very friendly competitiveness. And um, the aunties came out of that. um, So there's quite a few women on the committee and Phoebe Sloan um, had this idea to create a mentoring program for women and it was sort of hatched during lockdown over in our, on our couches at home and then brought to fruition. And our first intake was women with three years or less experience, but in the future we'll be doing programs for mothers, new mothers, who can be set up with mums who've been there before because it's quite a, a hard time for women when they first go back to work after having a child. And um, we'll be doing speakers, more events, and more programs for women who want to get into management or to own their own agency one day, so it's a really broad program, and that's what's really exciting about it for me, so yeah, beautiful,
0: beautiful, beautiful, yeah, you're definitely right. I'm from New York, Brooklyn new York, and Melbourne is definitely one of those hot spots, those places definitely Ed, what's up with you brother? What's going on with you man what what what's the new news <laughs>
2: my big news from last week is um a, a client which i've been working with for for about 4 months i did a pitch back 4 months ago for a kind of brand evolution strategy um, with a pretty big food client i can't i can't say who who it is just yet. like i mean Christ, like we know anyway 4 months ago i sort of did this strategy with a, another business owner and we pitched it and they were pretty wowed by the strategy at the time, but it was, you know, sort of out of the blue, a proactive pitch. Yeah. And so then they sort of came back to us and they said, Well, wow, you know, that's actually really interesting. We had an idea that we were ready to go with, but uh what you presented is um yeah, it's uh you know, it's got us thinking a lot. And um could you kind of develop it a, a little bit more so it did a bit more sort of proactive work and um, ended up sort of pitching it, I guess, like three times in the end. Like yeah. once you've tinkered yeah. with it to the point where it's, you, you've had that feedback. Anyway, I sort of did that third pitch last week and they and they bought it. So there's 12 months worth of brand strategy and brand platform development coming. And it's pretty, um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting piece. Like it's going to be quite fun. And I'd love to, I mean, God, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to talk about it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I I'll just say it's it's like it's got a um a Korean it's got a Korean sort of background. Okay. Um. So it's bringing a bit of kind of global flavor to, okay. Okay. to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. um, so I sort of I tapped into that, that I guys to kind of like channel in for this one. But it's very cool. It's very interesting, and I'm I'm so glad they bought it.
0: No, that's good, that was- man.
1: Um, I yeah. love Korean culture. I, I really want to go there. I think it's so cool. Oh, yeah. Leading yeah. the world in so many ways. Um, and I think the food culture is really interesting too. Oh,
2: food culture. That's exactly right. what this is, um, yeah. Sarah, and it's it's been fascinating to kind of, you know, sort of tap back into a global um, headspace and yeah. just yeah. sort of assimilate something for the Australian market. I think it's going to be really fun. So, so yeah, I'll, that's, I'll, that's my news.
0: Did they uh, drown you with food? Any samples?
1: Um,
2: yeah, well, there's there's a promise of that, so yeah, we'll see how we go oh,
1: over there for a research trip now. That's
2: exactly. It. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: You know, you know, the one thing about us creators, we we do have uh, a thing about uh, bringing home samples and stuff from clients and stuff, and, and some of yeah. it is like uh, whatever, and some of it is actually you know, video games and tons of food or some 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 fashion or, you know, some stuff that you can actually believe in. Like, you, you know, you really need the stuff. For you. Like, it's Christmas all over again, isn't it, sometimes?
2: 100%. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: funny, though, know, I've sometimes worked on products. I've done quite a bit of FMCG. I've sometimes worked on food products, and I've had to write a campaign without ever trying it.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's a bit like, come on, guys. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So
1: sometimes, like, speaking of inspiration, sometimes you have to be inspired without being inspired. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, yeah it's, it's true. That is true. It's like, true. Sometimes, yeah, that, I
2: was going to say, you can't, can't, sometimes, like, you have to dream about it and pretend that you've really experienced it.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's better than the reality. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. I, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, I have to do things in reverse. You know, it's like you never meant to do it like this, but all the pieces falls backwards, you know, just to get it done, uh, which is, you know, it's, we, we, you know, we've done a couple of projects at Manifest before like that. But let's get on to these questions. Like, let's get on to the juicy toppings of it, shall we? All right. So uh, first of all, like, basically for both of you, uh, starting off with Sarah, who was your inspiration and what made you get into The creative industry today like what who 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 really was your north star or what is that what is that book or what is that art piece or what is that you know that bit of inspiration that got you going like let's talk about that
1: well I got into advertising in a weird way I knew I wanted to be a writer and I was studying at university and I'd won a writing competition and I was on the airplane and I sat next to a woman and I told her this and she was a creative director and she talked me into becoming a copywriter, mm. um, she, was like, she was like, oh, you must become a copywriter. We need, well, this is mid-90s, we need more women and we need more writers and I was like, oh, no, I can't be a copywriter because I can't play the piano because I'd always seen movies yeah. <laughs> where the advertising creators sat at the piano and was were doing jingles and I, she's like, oh, no, no, you don't need to be able to play the piano. So that's how I got into it. And I guess back then I was really inspired by music videos. I, I loved like, remember like back in the 90s, there were some amazing mm-hmm. music video directors like Spike Jones and mm-hmm. um Phil Gondry and and people like that. And it was just such an art. And that kind of I was really interested in that. And I love the idea of short form films. And yes. I guess kind of was one of the things that um that really um got me into it. But I guess kind of what made me the creative I am today is probably I was good to live overseas I loved working in London that was that was really cool and I guess having good mentors around me that kind of um, taught me along the way but also just I guess loving culture and being a sponge and just I think sometimes great ideas just come from great conversations with people and you know especially in the creative department you know we have some weird conversations I think people from other departments probably think we're mucking around but it's it's all inspiration and Many, many ideas come out of those conversations. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. You're, you're definitely right. And sometimes only uh, people who are astronauts such as ourselves can get in these type of conversations. And sometimes we have different versions for regular people. Uh, <laughs> and then sometimes we don't. It's like, sometimes we don't. It's like, hey, just get the shit. If you don't get it, then all right, it's not meant for you. But, Ed, what's going on with you, brother? What's What's happening?
2: Oh, that's hilarious! I, lo- I love that idea that we have different conversations for, th- for different peoples. It's like it's, it's, you know, you choose your level of depth so that you don't um, uh, hurt eardrums. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you have to remove a percentage of crazy so that mm-hmm. you know. Most people Uh,
1: wouldn't have the patience to follow along with an average conversation in a creative department about shoelaces or something.
2: That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right. How far can we take this? (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, (laughs) That's hilarious.
2: Yeah, I guess, I guess like my sort of uh, like tunnel into like art direction came from like I I met this cartoonist, a guy called Bruce Petty, when I was, I think Mm. about 12 or 11 or 12 and he was um like friends of like Michael Looney like those two were doing lots of political cartoons and so Bruce Petty was sort of like my first art mentor I was I think I was yeah about at that age anyway I went to his studio and I sort of hung out with him and he talked a lot about the philosophy of all the scribbles that were on his wall like the, like all of these mad sort of scribbles that he did as a cartoonist, really political, highly charged stuff. I just was so fascinated by it and the philosophy in it. I was like, wow, that's so crazy to look at, but also that's so n- nuts to think about all those ideas within it. And I think that really kind of spurred me into this sort of conceptual side of visual creativity. And then I worked with a guy called James Ricard at, at KWP in, in Adelaide because I'm from Adelaide or, originally. And he was a creative director at the time, and his creative partner went overseas, overseas. And I was like, I'd done work experience there, and I was just working there as a as a junior. and And Peter Withy said, "Ah, oh, why don't we team Ed up with James while his partners away?" Anyway, uh, James was like a really philosophic writer, like a, a great kind of artistic writer, and he just blew my mind. Like, you know, I was figuring out how to do layouts on in. Uh, quark at that point <laughs> and I've got James in my ear talking about like the philosophy of writing and I was just kind of like mind melting and nodding and going okay okay James uh, I'll put that headline in this uh, layout and try not to you know blow the the layout and um keep my cool and I presented some stuff with him and got some some campaigns up with him well look let's face it he got the campaigns up Mm. I just push stuff around on the screen. And that really made me think about like the artistic side of, of advertising. So they were my two they were my two kind of ways into what we do and sort of thinking deeply and like philosophically and you know, really having that level of interest which is sort of about, you know, what people are about. Yeah, they were the two early doors mentors and I still sort of email James um from time to time. And I'm, I just sort of say to him, oh, like when I emailed him previously, I just was like, you know, you really taught me about what it is to sort of think about what it's all for. Mm-hmm. He was just so, yeah, he was sort of poetic as a writer, I suppose. So yeah, they're my two kind of like, uh, doorways into, into what we do.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful that you both, especially Sarah being, being, uh, on the younger side of it when she first got her end in ter- in terms of what she do now. Um, it's good to have that inspiration such as yourself that it's like to actually like believe in yourself through a mentor and your mentor believing in you and like really taking you through the ropes. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always good to have people to call. It's all about collaboration. Isn't it? It's always about seeing something in someone else or something in that thing that can create great work. And, uh, you know, we, we have to be like, the psychics of it, you know, just see it—the crystal ball effect. You know, no one else is like what? It's like, no, no, no. I see it. And then when you work with that person, it's like you mold and shape that person. And here we are.
2: Yeah, I think so much of it is sort of shared belief as well. You share these beliefs with uh, these ideas with people, and then the client has that shared belief. You know, that's 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 a way of really effortless things can come out of that. I think.
0: Hmm. Mm, def- definitely. Definitely. Let's move on now. Uh, what, what do we think about the creative trends current or past or nostalgic wise that are actually influencing advertising, marketing, branding, campaigns? Give me the pros and cons. What, what, what type of uh, trends that you thought that other agencies use or other people use that was like, Oh, that, that didn't go right, mate. And then, uh, what was the trends that you thought that were awesome or or that we use as creatives to move forward uh, and and, and to actually win work? What are those trends you think?
1: Well, I guess it's it's sort of it's interesting looking at trends post-COVID because I think um, one of the big trends is it's almost like a COVID hangover still of these really safe comms that kind of feel like everyone else, like everyone's trying to be a little bit too nice, I think. and not push the boundaries, and I think we maybe need to get our sense of security back so we can really start to um, push things again. I remember, like, when I was first starting on advertising, there was an agency in New York called Cliff Freeman and Partners, Mm. and they used to do, like, really naughty, like really pushing the boundaries stuff. I remember they had, like, an ad for a dot-com where they were tattooing the name of the dot-com on kindergartners' heads, (laughs) and another one where they... Then they did like the Fox Sports stuff where with weird sports from around the world. And it was like the all the work and the hurts as well. And all the work was quite violent and dark, but hilariously funny. And then 9-11 happened. And as far as I remember, that agency kind of had to close because that brand of humour wasn't allowed anymore because you couldn't make jokes about people hurting themselves. It took a few years and that safety net came back in and that safe work um, and it took a few years for people to find their sense of humour again. And I'd, I'd really like to see a return to work that just pushes things a bit, work that's funny, work that's a bit naughty, you know, because it feels like a sea of sameness right now and I think, you know, it, it's kind of crazy to have all this money and spend it on a campaign just to look like everyone else because you may as well just flush it down the loop, especially now that people don't really watch TV. On mass, yeah, but no one watches the same program. We're not seeing the same things. It's really fragmented. So to you know make something that becomes really cultural that everyone knows and sees and understands is rarer and rarer. And so I think you have to pull out all the stops in order to achieve that. Yeah, really resonate with people.
0: I agree with you. Sometimes it's time to get back to the cheekiness of it. Like I think in the beginning of advertising and uh, marketing. Well, mostly advertising is all about like showing you what you are scared to think, right? Cause we all like scared to say something. So in advertising back in those days we were like, okay, I'm going to say the things that you're scared to say, but I'm going to uh, attach it to that, this particular brand, right? And make it super cheeky and super engaging. And it's all the stuff that you want to do that you can't do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm. yeah. So yeah, I I I agree with you. It's time for us to get cheeky again. You know what I mean? Like, take the piss, you know. Um that's gl- and that's 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 globally too. Like it's happening globally, mm. even in the States too. It's like it's just become too, I won't say soft, but too uh as we evolve, because we have to live with COVID now. You know what I'm saying? COVID already hit us. So we had two years of this sort of—I um, won't say fluffiness, but you know, like what you said. And now it's time for us to live again, like really, like energize, bring it back, you know, in terms of that that sort of angle. Anyway, what, what you think about it, Ed? What's going on with you?
2: Yeah, I guess I guess my thoughts is quite similar to to Sarah's sort of, you know, trends. Are you see them a lot in advertising? You see words become sort of buzzwords and. I remember when digital became a thing, it was like um, everybody's going to have to be a digital creative now and digital was the big hot idea and now it's just sort of assimilated in with with everything. I mean, mm-hmm. like integration then becomes this word and then content, you know, like content was such a word for a bit as well. And like I, I was previously like CD at an agency that was, talked about content a lot and I was just like "Yeah, again it's sort of like another one of these words you know what does it mean though like you can't just make digital you can't just make content and to Sarah's point for me you know those things are kind of like they're they're, they're it's way more about kind of media and the way people are receiving something but what you know what are the thoughts the big ideas behind that what's the new Philosophy that we all want to share in, and, and you know whether that's got humour attached to it, or whether it's about storytelling, or whether it's about you know these deep, deep ideas in sort of connection. Those are the things that we need more of. You know, we need to be focusing sort of less on these trending media ideas and more on um you know unlocking those big thoughts. That yeah, maybe those media ideas can help them connect. But yeah, there's just such an obsession around these trending kind of, um, I guess I call them media concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, but they should just be vehicles.
1: Yeah, message, not the media.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a great
0: point, great point, definitely.
2: Exactly. Yeah, maybe we get into a point where like we're post, I don't know what you say, but like, yeah, it'd be great to get this kind of cultural surge happen again. That would be a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah.
0: Cuz
1: it's funny, you know, never in the probably not since wartime has the world shared a common experience like we have with COVID. And yeah. so that kind of leads to insights and human insights that are really universal and really keenly felt. And so I think there's a real opportunity to use that as inspiration as well and and show what people are really thinking rather than a kind of a sanitized advertising mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. of it because that's how i think you you're really going to you know resonate with people and and you know win them to your side of your way of thinking.
2: No, yeah, 100% i think we're ready we're ready again post covid like hopefully our guards coming down again.
0: <laughs> no, i agree with you <laughs> both. I agree with you both it's time for it. Uh because that that that's where help is all especially if we're coming from um a meaningful angle in terms of what we do. I know that we will have to go out and make this money depending on what the agency, uh, what type of brief the agency is getting. But, but uh, I would say that, uh, you know, it's always good to uh, challenge that, that brief with an angle that says social change or an angle that says uh, sustainability or an angle that says Diversity and inclusion, you know what I mean it's up to us to shape that narrative within the brief, and that's when the challenges come in now when now is how we execute that right, and uh, how we execute that can be cheeky, can be confronting but fun you know what I mean? as long as we're aware of those angles being creatives at the forefront of these campaigns and activations then i I think we're we're doing okay uh, but Let's get into the next one. What impact uh, does art, film, or design have on brands pretty much in terms of trends? Like, I know that, uh, you know, since the last one I heard of that got, you know, which I'm a fan of, but I'm not a fan of, it's the squid game sort of angle. And they use that as a prop for a lot of uh, different advertisements globally. You know, it's yes and no because it's a, It's glorifying violence, but at the same time it's like, all right, well. Anyway, I'll pass this over to Sarah. What do you think about those trends in terms of art film?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think advertising borrows a lot from um, art, film, and design, you know, and but often it feels to me a little bit too directly lifted. Mm. And what I'd love to see more is instead of, like, you know, being inspired by an artist and ripping them off to a degree is actually working hand in hand with the the original creator so i think um clemenger did this really well when they created meet graham because they were very inspired by the work of patricia piccinini but instead of you know they instead of just copying it they actually had her involved in the process and she was the one that created this character this three-dimensional being called Graham and for that it was so much better because it was fresher, it was more original, it was, you know, much more more well-crafted because you had the original artist involved and it felt like a real collaboration rather than just a watered-down version of something that is art. Mm. It felt like art in itself and I think the more that we can do that, the more we can bring the artists into the process and filmmakers and all of that kind of thing. You know, they say genius steals, but I actually think genius collaborates. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd like to see us being inspired by things, yes, but also giving them their due and getting those people involved in the process really closely.
0: Yeah. I, I'm hearing a lot of copywriting genius the way you you have a way of words. <laughs> Let, last time we were talking, it was like you were just throwing these words, like these word phrases. I was like, oh. And we wish we would have recorded that session. Yes, um, yeah, definitely agree with you. Well, Ed, what do you think on that, brother? Oh,
2: I mean, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. I guess to give some sort of relative experience from my side, like I worked in Amsterdam in in twenty twelve thirteen, and you know, one thing I got out of my time in Europe and working like I'm working on like pan-European campaigns was how much respect they have for like directors, photographers, artists, and they kind of mention them in campaigns. Like, you know, I saw campaigns for G-Star that were in collaboration with the director they were working on, you know, and you don't see that a lot in Australia. You know, the, the directors or the photographers being credited as a part of the campaign. Like you might see them in credits in industry news, but you don't see them as, you know, part of those, the makeup of the visual campaign that people experience. Yeah. So that was really insightful and interesting for me to see like, you know, such a kind of prolific uh, respect of, of artistic culture from from Europe. And for me, like the examples that I've got, I, I, actually I did a, a fashion campaign, I think it was in 20, 2011, and because I've got a background in art and street art, D Face was over here from the UK, and I met up with him through another friend of mine, a guy called Mysterious Owl. And um, anyway, he was around for a bit, and I was doing this campaign, and I was like, How can I kind of write D Face into this fashion campaign? Well, there was a kind of natural synergy because the, the name of the campaign was, mm. was Shortage. It was Shortage Suits. And so it's like a perfect alignment of. Um, I was sort of thinking and we were working with like Spook Magazine to help publicize this stuff. And so DeFace jumped on board and that was just sort of a, uh, a bit of a recognition of like actual artistic sort of presence that tied in with the, the nature of that campaign specifically. And, you know, I guess for myself, like, like I love working with artists. I think they're, you know, that's the, the sweet spot of like mm. bringing bringing ideas to life. And, yeah, you know, I think um, I hope we can get more of that happening um, within the commercial industry here. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a way of thinking about how it's relevant. can't just do it for the sake of it either. But, yeah, in terms of, like, film and art, I think they're the sort of big crux of what we do and how we engage people and how it feels more raw as well. I think especially in film, having directors that you have a real raw take on the cultural influence that they're involved with, it creates really powerful messaging.
0: No, I I agree. Uh, Shout out to D-Face. He stays on Just the Pose magazine for some reason, uh, but he he earned it. It's just like every time I see Just the Pose, every month, I'm an avid buyer of Just the Pose magazine. He stays on there. He keeps he just I don't know, like, man, he's a beast. Uh shout out to D face again. Uh another thing is uh definitely agree with you in terms of um again, it just like what creative conversations and how we seem to be on our own planet sometimes like talking about things and then we realize like, wait a minute, no one understands what the fuck we saying. <laughs> but just those people in the room, right? And uh I think that's the same thought process that we go into. When we look for plugging in the right music for this particular campaign or the right, uh, look and feel for it or the right treatment or or looking at like a plethora of of film from like the thirties, then into the eighties, then into current film to get the right dialogue within the script and working with a copywriter, Sarah, uh, like closely this way, we can really execute what it is. And this is why I think for me, Sarah's role in terms of being an ECD with a copywriting background and you add being a strategist. That's the perfect. And me, I'm, just, I'm, 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 the visual creative director. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm all visual. Uh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, damn, that's like a dream team right there. That's all you need. Okay. Really. Next question will be like, all right. So how, how do we know which creative trends can influence our workload and, and, uh, so like you got a brief, you just get a brief from a client, right? Uh, how do you know what's your process in terms of finding that right creative trend to actually create a treatment on or, uh, or, you know, uh, that particular, uh, script to write or, or, or how to shape the actual language around that brief uh, to answer that brief? Uh, Sarah, I'll go with you first.
1: I I feel like I keep stealing all your answers, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think the way that you kind of find the right kind of trend to apply is I actually think it's just subconscious that does it. I think it makes the connections, which is why it's really, really important to input lots and lots of stuff, right? I think sometimes creatives, I think, you can't be working at the office every night till midnight and every weekend and expect to be a great creative. That's just really short-term thinking. You've got to be out in the world Mm -hmm. inputting all the awesome things. You've got to be out looking at the art, reading the great stuff, watching the great films, and you've got to input. And then your subconscious makes the connections because that's what having ideas is all about, right? It's about making connections. And I think a lot of the time that's really subconscious. And The first thing I do when I get a brief is I think of the words of Don Draper, think about it really hard and then put it aside and don't think about it at all. And that gives your subconscious time to make those connections to find the right thing. I think if you're kind of going out too much and looking for a trend to apply, that might be when you have run into problems because that might be when you're just kind of trying to be trendy, whereas if you kind of let it flow naturally and you've got lots of interesting things in your head that you can make connections with, that's when I think the magic happens.
0: Perfect, right on point. So let me let me ask you guys, like, and dig deep into this one. What is your favorite uh, creative trend? What past or present or current period uh, of trends that you're using now to shape your work or your not even work, uh, it's work life in general. You know, what methods are you using? What and how do you go on that? particular process what is the methods of like research or whatever what are those trends that are influencing you right now Sarah first
1: you want to get me me again (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think some interesting trends um I love animation um maybe because I have a six-year-old son and I see a lot of it um and I think we do use animation a lot in advertising, particularly in the last few years because we were really limited with shooting. Um, I think sometimes we tend to all go to the same well with animation. So I'm really interested in finding like new and different animation styles that maybe haven't been used before. I think that a bit of a trend at the moment is like having a live action with animation laid over the top, but I think we've kind of done that now, mm-hmm. so it would be good to see um, something else. But there's been some awesome um animation spots um done recently um what else um i think like it's really interesting like the way that um streaming services have just blown open um filmmaking and storytelling And I think it's really interesting seeing stuff like Euphoria, which is always referenced by every director I seem to see treatments from. And I think it's because it's every film school kids' dreams realised in one show. But it's really interesting to see the the kind of creativity and the way that that's Mm. shot and the kind of breaking of the the boundaries um, there. It's a terrifying thing to watch if you're a parent though, but it it is really really well shot and really quite cool. Um, And then... Yeah, speaking again of things like Netflix, I think um, the art of the title is back. Like, I love mm-hmm. title sequences for TV shows and and films, and I sort of get a lot of um, inspiration from that. Like, I remember when I was a kid watching the James Bond title sequences was like amazing, and I feel like there's been a bit of a resurgence in that. There's obviously some real talent behind those, and I and I love watching those because they communicate really well without words at all really it's just beautiful design and I love watching that I feel really inspired by that so yeah I guess that's one area that you might not expect to find inspiration but it's, it's it's everywhere when you look at it and taking something as functional as a title sequence that you kind of have to have but making it beautiful I think is amazing I love it
0: yeah definitely so like right now what is that particular creative trend that's actually in your spectrum in your world right now on your radar like what is that one thing like this week? Cause we always, it's always like every day that's like, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. So <laughs> pick one and let's talk about it. You
1: go I guess, <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: I guess one thing, one thing that's in my head at the moment is uh, like music videos. I think it's cause I'm starting the process of writing a song as a, as a, mm. um, a bit of, bit of background at a government project where myself and my creative director partner wrote a song and we produced the the film clip for it and um, the client paid for it and the animation company produced it and we worked on it for 10 months and then it got shelved (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because it's the government and there was a political reason why the campaign wasn't uh, going to run and it took a month to less than a month probably to show something that we'd worked on for almost a year um and we worked with like a brass band to make this song and it's so fun doing that stuff like it was so enjoyable and everyone had heaps of fun and everyone like got so involved with it because it was so fun and then you know we work in it advertising so sometimes there's a reason why the thing that we're putting all of our passion into doesn't get made <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Oh, that sucks. That's the dream, though. What an awesome uh-huh. thing to work on.
2: Hopefully, it'll come back. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's going to come back. It's one of those things. Like the, the political reason was a fleeting thing. It was like, um, I, I shouldn't, I won't talk about it. I'll get, I'll get a whack on the wrist. But, yeah. um, it was a fleeting thing. But you know, then what happens is, um, uh, objectives change in government organisations. I'm sure you've done plenty of government campaigns, Sarah. It's just such a fascinating thing to, to witness the government bureaucracy of, you know, making commercial communications. And then, you know, something else is an objective now, and that isn't an objective anymore, even though they've spent $200,000 on it. <laughs> like, just mind-blowing. But um, I say that because um, music videos and, and songwriting, I think, is something of interest at the moment. And... Yeah, like again, we talked earlier about like working with artists, like working with like songwriters or producers is pretty interesting. You know, it's um it's something that music producers have their own kind of process. Um putting creative work together and to see them work through that process is is pretty cool and inspiring. And yeah, so I guess you know it taps into what we were talking about earlier, like the importance of culture. You know, music and and art coming into the advertising world, yeah, they're just the things I've been thinking about. I think because they're related to uh, a project or two that I'm working on.
1: Yeah, uh, songwriters fascinate me. I can I can't even begin to imagine how to write a song, but it's yeah, it is fascinating. I love watching documentaries about famous songwriters. It's such an interesting creative. Um,
0: oh, come like on, it. Sarah! Come on, Sarah! <laughs> <laughs>
2: You'd I be was going to say that. I reckon you'll be, go. be, yeah. be all I, right. I tell you what, I've, I've tried and I'm an art director and I tried and failed really. I, I pitched this idea and I tried to write the song
1: <laughs> and
2: I had to <laughs> apologise in the pitch. Yeah. I said, okay, guys, it's not going to, because I started to read through it and I was like, oh, my God, this is not the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it won't be this. Right. You, I've done. I've know. done a
1: bit of singing in presentations before. and Nobody needs to hear that.
0: Oh, <laughs> you know. It's,
1: it's a, you just go for it.
0: Go for it. Yeah, it's a it's an honest piece of tidbit That you know, I think everybody get a little nervous presenting in front of clients, being on stage. Like you could be Bono, you could be Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Oh, you can be Jay Z, whoever, like they all are fucking nervous getting on stage. All <laughs> right. So let's cut the bullshit. Yeah. But the thing is yeah. it's the therapeutic process that takes them from being nervous to getting like right in the middle of the song and now they just flowing because Yes. The momentum now. now I was like I feel like I'm here, I'm home. You know what I mean? My nervousness is gone. I just need to just do. You know what I mean? When you know when you're in that process yeah. you're just doing. And then definitely. all you just on flight mode after that. And so uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from, because I produced a couple of rap songs back in the day. Mm-hmm. Self-produced, making my own beats, writing my own yeah. shit and, and performing on okay. thing. And, uh, you know, so it's like just playing around. But it's like I can always get back into that because now I see the importance of how uh making campaigns and, and, and such. Uh, knowing that that particular area can actually link me into understanding a director, understanding that producer, understanding that, that beat maker, understanding that musician that need to be a part of a certain campaign. So definitely linking what, what your ideation was on that. Uh, uh, definitely. So you have to put yourself in the process to learn and you're right in the middle of it. And I'm pretty sure, Sarah, if you give it a good go, you know, you're a wordsmith.
1: Just
0: for you guys. (laughs) I would love to hear that that song once you do it. But, you know, also, too, is like uh, writing a song. You can't just write out of the blue. Some are talented at doing that, being songwriters. But I, I, I believe, like, for me, I have to make the track first and play it back several times. And then I have my pockets of writing and see how that fit the cadences and everything else. And that's, I feel like that's the difference, Ed. So you need to have the music in front of you first and then just go on.
2: I don't know if I can I do it again, you know. Oh,
0: no, no, don't stop here. Like, keep it going. Like, oh, yeah,
2: oh, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. We,
0: ne- we never know. You might have some, you might produce music or do music to match the beautiful uh, reflections of your art. Mm. So every art piece that you buy, there's a track that goes along
2: don't <laughs> so, so
0: uh Oh man! All right. So just to wrap this up, I mean, I know we we've been on for a minute, but I uh, really uh, it was a two part question. Ed goes first on this one. Uh, I know, I know it. <laughs> <care? laughs> uh, uh, pretty much like what what type of advice you would give to uh, a uni student studying art, design, or advertising. Of what real-life uh, experience? I'm talking about tough love. You know what I mean? Like, I want the fluff. Don't, get, don't answer with the fluff. I want those real tough love answers that you can really tell a young creative right now is trying to get into the, to the industry. What would that be?
2: I think the uh, biggest thing I can say is curiosity. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you can ever stop being curious. And I think mm-hmm. the thing is that you can never stop learning either. So, Getting into, you know, the creative industry for me is more about continuing extension of being curious. Like, you know, like when you're young, you've got this idea about art or you might have an idea about creative writing. And I was never very good at English, but I was pretty good at, like, I was was good at art and I could write creatively. I could sort of tell stories through writing and sort of make up for my dyslexia in other ways and it was just really the the ability to like be curious and keep going and to listen and to seek out sort of cultural influences and i've just never stopped that and to be quite honest it's pretty much the only reason why i'm in this professional in this caper is to um, actually just keep going and seeing what is out there and what is possible i think that's really what's been such a driving motivator for for myself. And when I was overseas and I helped win actually the Oakley account at some point, the retail Oakley account yeah. went to, to Zurich and went and saw the Oakley headquarters in Zurich and went into their, their kind of testing area where they'd shoot bullets at sunglasses. And so that was one of the processes for them of like um, testing these certain products. And for me, I found that amazing that like, you know, this sunglass company that we all know and we might have worn and or seen people wear actually have this process of like, you know, seeing different parts of their product in different ways. And I found that quite lateral, shooting bullets at, at sunglasses. And so for me, it's that curiosity factor that just I think uh, is inherent. And I think um, that really is what is the driving force of, what being a creative or what being in a creative industry is all about—it's never stopping learning and never stopping wanting to see what's under the rock that you f- find next.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Definitely, that's awesome. pers- definitely persistence is key. I know, like when you're young, you're impressionable, but it's always that one thing that always haunts you, right? Whatever you're into, you know, and and some people turn into it and it's like. Go through it. Just gotta go through it. And even if it just feels lonely, trust me, there's other people on the other side, you know, that see your fight because they have the same fight too. Um, and they could pull, help pull you up. You just have to see it through. And, uh, persistence is definitely key, especially in this particular industry that we are in. And, uh, I think we had a prior talk last time when we was talking about how we're such masochists of ourselves to actually Build beautiful work, get denied, and then do it all over again sometimes. You know what I mean? Not so much mask, it's just like it just shows that we're superhuman in that sort of way because we could get up and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. I'm talking about beautiful shit that never see the light of day, right? Mm. And uh, put on your portfolio and just dust it off. Yeah, I work on that. All right, (laughs) cool. Yeah, so the same thing to you, Sarah, Uh, pretty much like what what type of advice you give to a uni student that's like trying to get their way into uh, where we are, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, my tough love would be, for God's sake, be yourself because I see I've done a lot of work with students. I've involved quite heavily with RMIT and Award school, and I see students who think they have to be a certain way and that their work mm-hmm. has to be a certain way and they all come out of uni and award school and their books all look the same yeah. and there's not enough of, of themselves in their work so the first thing I want when I'm hiring someone is I want an interesting personality and I want to see that personality and the kookier you are the better that's right <laughs> you know, let- fly your freak flag high and be yourself don't think that you have to conform to some sort of idea in your mind or be like the person next to you or be like anyone other than yourself and you've got to the moment when people finally get it when they crack it and often when they get that first job is when they have shown themselves through their work and when they found themselves and and, and they express it in their work so mm. you just be yourself it's so lovely to see and there's no wrong answers you are as unique as anything so you know show that to us be that okay. that's how you come up with great work like the best work in the world is just somebody being completely themselves that's so that you look at any great piece of work that we all admire especially work that's really fresh and it's it's someone just doing something they think is cool, a part that's of their right. personality that they're obsessed with or, you know, and that's that's the keys. for yourself. And, you know, just that's what you should be focusing on, not trying to get it right, but trying to get it right for you.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. You hit it right on the head, both of you. Uh, Ed is definitely about persistence. And Sarah, yeah, it's definitely about being yourself because I, I have this quote that I have from someone else. It says, uh, just be you. Cause everyone else's personalities already taken over. You know? Yep, that job is yep. already filled. So, yeah. <laughs> create your own market and do your own thing. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, a solid talk, guys. We have to do another. Though. We really do have to do another. I- I'll contact you uh, if you guys are up for part two because uh, I believe like it's a lot to explore with this particular topic and. This is something that me, all of us were hit a pub too and have a couple of beers.
1: <laughs> definitely.
0: Right? We just yeah. sit on a, stand on a soapbox, just drinking beers and everybody's like, oh, you motherfuckers, yeah. Yeah. Put some uh, lapel mic
1: helmet on us in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, thanks,
1: Jason.
0: Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. I uh, So that's the ending of episode 13. Uh, soon to be part two uh, if these guys if these brave souls are willing hey this is another episode of uh, fresh meat you guys until the next episode evolve love grow inspire and empower peace thanks for tuning in for this month's episode we'll be right back with a brand new topic inspirational guest And of course, hosted by our global Fresh Meat crew. So join us, subscribe, share, and comment. You know the deal. Always, always stay fresh.